0: Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 172. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my catalog and undying co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals, from chihuahuas to Clydesdales, act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on saying goodbye to a beloved pet. Our topics for this week are care for a debilitated pet, time of euthanasia, options for disposition of the pet's body. (music) Saying goodbye to a beloved pet is one of the major stressors in life. If the pet's decline is slow, the stress may be worse. Your primary mission should be to make the final days dignified, peaceful, and pain-free as possible. Once maintaining dignity, peace, and freedom from pain is no longer possible, the time for euthanasia has come. However, there's no traffic lights for knowing when the time for euthanasia has occurred. It's easy to second-guess yourself that it's too early or after the pet's gone that you waited too late. Emotions cloud judgment. Some red lights I suggest signal it is time for euthanasia of a pet are persistent lack of appetite, inability to stand when urinating or defecating, inability to rest in one position for more than one hour, pressure sores on bony prominences, always seeking to hide, resentfulness when being gently moved, or persistent difficulty in breathing. Prior to these end-of-life signs, special care of elderly or impaired pets is warranted. More frequent veterinary visits are advisable. Bedding should be in a draft-free, warm area and have plenty of cushioning. Monitoring for urine or fecal accidents should be routinely monitored by observation, smell, and if in doubt, touch to feel for wet bedding. When signs of debilitation occur without signs suggesting euthanasia as the only humane option, palliative care can be provided. Palliative care is similar to hospice. Pain should be controlled with medications. Special diets may be necessary to encourage eating, and lots of gentle petting and soft words are beneficial. It's important to keep in mind that palliative care is not a replacement for euthanasia when signs indicate it's the final best option. Euthanasia literally means good death. Veterinarians achieve this with controlled prescription drugs given intravenously. Sedatives may be given first, depending on the mental state of the patient. Once the intravenous solution begins to be injected, death occurs within 10 to 20 seconds. During that 10 to 20 seconds, the animal relaxes, it goes into a deep sleep as if for surgery, and then the breathing and heartbeats stop. There's no struggling or discomfort. If the pet is not under palliative care and dies without euthanasia, its body will need to be cared for. An immediate trip to your veterinarian's office is best, but if a short delay is unavoidable, the body should be kept cool by placing it in a plastic bag and covering the body with bags of ice. If the pet is a large dog, it should not be covered or wrapped. The body should be placed on a concrete or tile floor in a cool room. If you wish to have a necropsy done, which is the veterinarian's inspection for cause of death, like autopsy is in humans, the body should not be frozen, and it can and should be cooled. final resting condition for the pet's body can be cremation. The request should specifically be for individual cremation. The pet's ashes can then be turned over to the owner for final disposition by the owner. Another means of rapidly decomposing the body is bio-cremation, also called alkaline hydrolysis or aquamation. Rather than using flames, the body is rapidly decomposed with lye, water, and heat, about 160 degrees Fahrenheit, and pressure to prevent boiling. If you own your own property, it may be illegal for you to bury your pet on your own property. Otherwise, most communities have a relatively nearby pet cemetery. Making a footprint of the pet with self-hardening clay as a memento is a common practice before putting the pet to its final rest. Kits are available on Amazon and at local pet supply stores. If you have comments or are interested in a particular animal handling subject, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap some of the key points to remember from today's episode. Palliative care should be provided to debilitated beloved pets. There are signs that a humane, dignified end of life for a beloved pet requires euthanasia. The most common means of disposition of a dead pet's body is cremation or burial. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. My new spiral-bound handbook, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, was recently published and is available from all major science book supply sources. Additional information is provided at BetterAnimalHandling.com. This website has more than 150 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about containment of pet rodents. Hey Abby, why do you have so many pictures of your pet mice? She said it was because they're always saying cheese. Cheese.